Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another dope jam-packed show for you. Wait for it. Boom! Today, I cannot wait to get into it because we are going to be talking about Black Twitter. What is that? Uh, well, it may not be in existence anymore. We may be calling it Black X, and Black X sounds like something totally different that's not Twitter. But uh, we will be talking about Black Twitter today, and I have with us some millennials that are on the fringe of millennialness. They're more like Gen Zers. Look at their faces. They're like, no, we're not. We are very much so, very much so millennials. Um, with, with us uh, today, we, we have my sister cousin, one of my favorite people on this planet we call Earth, Hadassah Colbert. What's going on, Hadassah? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And and also, we have a homie from the Red Rose City. We have a fellow podcaster, Jared McGill. Jared, what's going on? How you feeling, man? What's going on, man? Feeling great. Oh, good. Good, good, good. And, and then, finally, finally, we have we have one of my favorite streamers. I, I mean, I I get uh, tips and hints from Quinn all the time. And with us, we have the great streamer themselves, Quinn. How you doing? Hello, hi. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh yes, it's, it's look, look. It is it it is a thing. It's been a thing. And like I didn't know how big this thing was until. I did my research and it's like, oh man, I, I always looked at myself as like a passive black Twitter uh, user. Didn't really uh, realize that like it was like a whole movement marketplace and, and, and whatnot. So can't wait to give y'all the game on this thing we call black Twitter. This is part three of three of our podcast series this week. And if you have not tuned into the other two episodes this week, friend, then I implore you to do so. Part one on Monday, we had our top five news discussions with our cousin of the program, Dr. Kamika Campbell, giving you the latest and greatest in what you did not know existed, did not know you needed, and did not know you wanted. What did you miss? Well, you missed how expensive racism can be. I'm talking to the amount of $16 million. Sounds like a lot of greenbacks. Well, hey, racism is indeed expensive. And then on Wednesday, we had our conversation, our newsmaker conversation with that D1 athlete, a serious entrepreneur, what I like to call him a serial entrepreneur. And now we're ending the week with this discussion on Black Twitter. But first... This monologue. Ladies and gentlemen, he, she, they, them, how's it going tonight? How's it going this evening? How's it going this morning? Like I say on the top of the show, whenever and however you're listening, I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're listening. You know, in the age of social media, we've witnessed the rise of different online communities. But there's one that's been making waves and setting trends like no other. Black Twitter. Yeah, the place where hashtags become movements, memes become anthems, and everyone's got something to say 280 characters at a time. What? Now, Black Twitter isn't just a hashtag. It's a cultural phenomenon. It's like the neighborhood cookout of the Internet where everyone gathers to share stories, spill the tea, and throw a little shade. It's so influential that even my GPS follows Black Twitter for real-time traffic updates. And, you know, Black Twitter didn't just happen overnight. No, 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 no. It's been a journey, a journey with more twists and turns than a season finale of your favorite TV show. Shut the front door. I mean, it's seen the good, it's seen the bad, and the wait, 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 did they just drag that celebrity for filth type moments? And did you know that Black Twitter has become the unofficial headquarters for social justice movements? Yeah, yes indeed. It's like the Avengers assembling, but with hashtags. You all remember hashtag Black Lives Matter and hashtag Say Her Name. These aren't just words on the screen. They're calls to action, turning tweets into movements that demand change. <laughs> anyway. 
But of course, with great power comes great responsibility. Hashtag Uncle Ben. And black Twitter doesn't shy away from holding folks accountable. It's like having a thousand aunties ready to set your behind straight. And I've seen politicians shaking in their boots after a black Twitter storm thinking, maybe I should have double checked that policy. He's right, you know. And the jokes? Oh, the jokes. Black Twitter has mastered the art of comedic commentary. It's like a roast, a comedy club, and a stand-up special all rolled into one. And the satirical wit? <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's on a whole nother level. It's so sharp, it could cut through misinformation faster than you can say, I thought I told you not to come for us. In whose hearts will you be safe? In whose hearts will you be safe? Can you ever notice how black Twitter can take a serious situation and turn into a meme? I mean, they've got the ability to find humor in the darkest of times, turning tragedy into triumph one tweet at a time, and it's like therapy, but with more retweets. And then there's the hashtags like I stated before. Black Twitter doesn't just create hashtags, it launches these movements. We all remember hashtag Oscar so white, we all remember hashtag by black, and we all remember our favorite hashtag black girl magic. And these aren't just catchy catchphrases, they're declarations of resilience and a celebration of our culture. But wait, there's more. But it's not all serious business on black Twitter. No, no, no. There's room for pure entertainment, pure joy, and a good chuckle. The memes, they're like the spice of life. The memes, they're like sprinkles on that delicious cupcake. They can roast you, uplift you, and make you question your entire existence in a matter of seconds. I've seen memes so hilarious, they could probably solve world peace if we just sent them to the United Nations. Say what? So in conclusion, Black Twitter isn't just a platform, it's a force. It's a community that's breaking barriers, creating change, and having a damn good time doing it. So here's the Black Twitter where hashtags become movements, jokes become wisdom, and everyone's voice is not just heard, it's not just respected, but it's also celebrated. So thank you and good night. And remember, if you're ever feeling down, just check out Black Twitter because there's probably a meme that can turn that frown upside down. <laughs> I'm Marquis Lupton, and now on to our panel discussion. like that monologue or any other monologue that you heard here on the Melanin Report, you can email me at Marquise underscore Lupton at WITF.org. Again, that's Marquise underscore Lupton at WITF.org. Now, without further ado, let's get into this black Twitter conversation. We're going to start with Hadassah because Hadassah, you're actually the one who sparked this conversation uh, from from our um, conversations and from the group chat. Uh, so want to um, um, start with you, then we're going to go to Quinn, then uh, Jared. So um, Hadassah, how has black Twitter influenced the conversation around social justice issues in recent years for yourself? Yeah, so I'm probably the youngest person here and closest to being Gen Z. Um, and so I've been on Twitter for, I want to say like, since 2009 mm. however long that is i've been there <laughs> and so i've seen it kind of evolve and for me when i was in high school in 2014 so that's like trayvon martin mm. and uh, mike brown era that's where i was hearing a lot about it yeah and like hearing the real stuff versus like what's been put in the news cycle because that always gets spun a certain way yeah um, and then like, I have two Twitters. I have my spam Twitter where like I say whatever I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have my professional Twitter, which has like all my political science stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to see the difference between those two algorithms, like what kind of info I get. Yeah. It's like, I feel like on my regular spam, it's like more room for people to have more discussion mm -hmm. versus maybe just my algorithm knowing that my other one's like more professional faced i don't know mm. it's more people tiptoeing and like very scared to say like anything like yeah. it's they're only saying what people want to hear yeah yeah so when it comes to the news cycle i feel like 
being more on black Twitter on my spam account, I'm getting less sanitized information. Mm. Oh, okay. Quinn, is is it the same for you? Um, Yeah, but I feel like mine is more like commingled, right? So mm. um, I'm a millennial. Uh, <laughs> so I was on Twitter day one. My back hurts. My knees hurt. <laughs> um, but... At first, it was like I was like a gamer, right? Mm -hmm. I was like in these gaming spaces and like that was all I saw until uh, I started streaming and like, okay, wow, this is like my job being on here and my community is coming here to find me. Mm. And then all these things started like popping off uh, related to uh, social justice issues, whether they're about like um, Black Lives Matter or things related to like trans and non-binary people as mm. a non-binary person that was important to me and people were following me for like these examples of like hey look here's this person in this industry mm. so it was like I have like this commingled filter of like people who are like oh my gosh I'm in the gaming space and I want to like see this happen and I'm like rooting for these people and like all these sort of like vibes but also the way the industry turned as far as like oh this person's not talking about that and they don't want to talk too much because they don't want their boss to see this or their mm. job to see this or like their followers to see it because they don't want to be too touchy on something that's really sensitive to individuals. And um, at first I was like, oh, I should make like a different Twitter where I'm like, this is where I'm going to have where I talk about these things and it's going to be my professional one. I'm like, no, but me is me, right? Mm. My whole career is my personality at this point. This is what got me where I am at. You're gonna either have all of me or nothing at all. Mm. And I feel like a lot with uh, the black community or the people like to take from us but never wanna give back. Yeah. Um, and that's why black Twitter is like this huge like thing in my life. Yeah, dig it. How about yourself, Jared? Man, I think uh, I'm a millennial too. So pretty much every social media platform that's big right now, I was like, at the ground foot of it from mm -hmm. YouTube, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter. So, I mean, I've seen Twitter from the gate, from it was really uh, a way people filtered from the blog eras, yeah. from World Star, little niche together, at least on my uh, Twitter, how things went. I think I'm more on the ratchet. So, uh, it was really just more seeing it go from rt at this this and that to move into videos and seeing how it moved more and more through the culture mm. so i guess when it comes to politically i think i've seen the most impact from like the hashtags that you were talking about yeah. uh oscar so white and like i seen a real change from that it was like oscar was so white and then boom it was super black we seen will smith smacking <laughs> so like it really was like, it really, I was like, wow, this is really becoming a thing. And then when I seen certain uh, bigger figures on black Twitter become big in black culture, like yeah. uh, Charlemagne, uh, Jesus and Mero, yeah. um, a lot of people just started from there where I just liked them because they were funny. And then boom, now they're on, they're on my TV. Yeah. They're really, they're hundred million dollar dudes. It really made a difference. Not only I feel like black culture, but black economics it really made a difference too because it's a way just like quinn you can really get on there talk your game talk your shit and whoever draws to you you can get a following and really make a difference in your life yeah you all um, um brought brought up an interesting point about the hashtags um i, I know for myself um i i adopted Twitter early. Uh, um, I hope that they don't uh, find my old Twitter uh, handle because I did not have a spam. <laughs> I did not have a spam. Uh, so, so yeah, um, um, America, leave it alone. Uh, but, um, but um, um, one of the things that that Twitter really, um, really gave me the game on. Uh, really um, brought brought forth. Um, to my front porch, so to speak, uh, was the international happenings. 
um, the, the, the uprisings around the world, um, the protests around the world, um, and, and, and getting that ground view approach versus getting that CNN approach, just getting it from um, the eyes of the journalists, like like what what um, Twitter really did, and what I saw Black Twitter really did, it changed the scope of journalism. Um, so with this change of scope, how how did you all navigate the information on on Black Twitter early on? Um, before there was all this, you know, fake news stuff. How did you navigate that space? It's open to anybody. Me being me, I'm always going to fact check what somebody says. Like, mm. I think that's just how <clears throat> my brain works being a political scientist. Mm -hmm. You know, you always have to fact check what people are saying because people convolute things or they add their own little pieces into things. So it's always smart to fact check. Yeah. Um, I mean, now we have the thing like the community notes, and it'll it'll show mm -hmm. at the bottom like this is false information. But I think, yeah, I think for a while before that happened, though, it was easy for like nonsense to spread, mm. and then because nobody ever really checked that, after a while, the nonsense becomes fat. Yeah, like for example, they were talking about was it Slim Thug? that like impregnated his cousin because that was yeah. went around on Twitter like I didn't see that story <laughs> because he, he did what all the uncles and grab do and ran his mouth more than he should have mm. and somebody was like I know the man who ain't impregnate his cousin ain't talking and then I was like you know what I do remember that being a thing on Twitter like, <laughs> maybe like 10 years ago the South is different yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jared, please please continue. Uh, I think um, when it came to like figuring out or navigating the information, pretty much like I guess I feel like all of us we're like internet babies. We were kind of like on the internet from the ground floor. So it's like you grow up on the internet, you kind of see little things that that doesn't make sense or mm -hmm. little website things you can go and back check. So I feel like I always had like a little bit. Uh, more of an inkling of fakeness other than others, but it was still kind of like crazy to see things just pop off in our society or in our society or in our age bracket or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, how do y'all not know that's not fake? Y'all don't, y'all can't tell that there's an extra W in the um, <laughs> in the name or, or something like, but I feel like that, that worked. And mm. I feel like that's, that just has only grown, not only in the internet, but it kind of got outside where scamming is now like a super huge thing. Yeah. I'll tell you this, Jared, um, I did not have on my bingo card um, boomers catching strays. But uh, right. apparently, <laughs> apparently, 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 uh, uh, they're they're catching strays. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay because there there's been times, even with the emailing, um, there's been times that my mom would send me a, a email, and I'm like, mom. <laughs> like, come on, like, like come on. That African prince knows. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, right. So, um, so, so for you, uh, uh Quinn, you you used uh, uh, Twitter to 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 start your your streaming business. Now, now, how how did you utilize uh, Black Twitter in in the early stages, and then when did you make that transition into making it a moneymaker for yourself? Um. So this whole idea of like like millennials right like there was memes the whole concept of meme and when that became like something in merriam webster's right like a definition we had memes when we were kids before the internet even existed right <laughs> like oh right. we heard this rumor that rumor yeah. like about celebrities this yeah. was before everyone had easy access to the internet and when i got the internet and i'm playing video games and stuff those memes were still existing but then like the fact checking started the fact checking uh, fact checking aspect came into play because i'm like well this is not true let me google this up you're mm. googling this and it's like there's all these things you can like oh this meme isn't real it was like something that went viral the power of like sharing and rumors is so huge yeah. and like right. between people um so when i started being on 
X or Twitter or whatever, uh, I didn't think about that. Like, I was just a person on the internet and, like, sharing game stuff mm. and finding a space. I never thought this was going to be my job until mm. it became important, like, really important and directly affected, like, everyone around me. And I'm like, well, that's not true, right? Like, this tragedy, that tragedy, we're seeing all this. And I'm like, this is dangerous. And then that's when I'm like, I have to be more vocal about how I feel about this because I don't want to retweet. I don't want my followers or my mutuals retweeting things that are wrong. Mm. Like, I want to make sure that that's there uh, and right and that we can correct it. And, yeah, it can, like, turn into, like, arguments or internet scuffles because everyone's really bold behind a keyboard. Keyboard tough, guys. Yes. Yes, indeed. Real tough. But. I feel like that whole, it all starts in the meme, the power of like this meme that can just grow. Mm. It, it's so weird how we are where we are now. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, um, I, I like to say it's the Donald Trump effect um, where <laughs> where we are, uh, where we are now. And for the sake of uh, this conversation, um, just to let everyone know, we're going to call it Twitter. Uh, this is the Melanin yeah. Report. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, on it's Twitter to me. Yep, on the Melanin Report. That's what his mama named him. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, missed that little bird, man. We missed that little bird. His, uh, government name. Yep. We call We call Kunta, Kunta, and not Toby. So that's that's how <laughs> we're going. That's how we're going to treat it. <laughs> that's how we're going to treat it here. Uh, um, so so you know, um, that was a little funny. So. How has the use of of humor on Black Twitter uh, played a role in addressing serious issues and fostering community? First of all, I'm on Twitter screaming like at all hours of the day, (laughs) and I'm howling because some of these people, I like, I get what you're saying, but how did you even put that in your brain to say Mm. that? But I think it is helpful because I think we as Black people in general just like to laugh. So sometimes when you make something humorous, it's a little bit easier for us to digest and it opens up a broader conversation. Mm. But then sometimes I do like it's hard for me because sometimes I think it can be disrespectful, too. So it's like a line that you tiptoe like. Everybody knows the eat the cake anime, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, like we're laughing. But then like I read a whole interview with Tina Turner saying she would have never ever been tina turner if she could take it back if like she knew ike was going to abuse her that way Mm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's like ha 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 but let's also address the fact that you know that was kind of messed up yeah 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 like i i'm right there with you because it's like there's a sense of relatability right like where we connect on these things that's what makes a joke a joke where Mm. you can laugh at it you're like oh yeah like i get that i understand that but a lot of it is just like it's harmful. It's like a double-edged sword because it's like there's people who will co-opt that and like try to use it as ammo. Well, like, well, they're making fun of it or they're saying this the black community than I can. Like, no, that's not how it works. That's mm. not what it's about. It's like, how do you? Black Twitter is impressive and awesome, and it's for the people. Yeah. But people will always try to get in there and try to make it their own mm. and justify their actions or their words and it's like nah chill yeah yeah jared i really think up, up. Oh, go ahead jared go ahead oh okay. yeah yeah um i feel like that's kind of like <laughs> where my problem with the internet kind of starts is I, when it started with me everything was jokes everything was like satirical everything wasn't so serious but i feel like when things on the internet started getting kind of on TV and you started seeing more uh, real life consequences from what people were doing on the internet, Mm. that's when, in my opinion, things kind of like fell off a little bit and you couldn't joke how you wanted to joke. My favorite people on the internet were kind of getting not bullied, but I guess losing real life opportunities from what they were saying on Twitter, which, Kind of made uh, the internet a little bit, I don't know, less fun. But I guess I guess it made everything a little bit less fun and more expensive because I feel like a lot of people put the things that I would like to see behind a paywall now. So mm. uh, I just wish, I don't know, because at the same time, I kind of agree with what you guys are saying because it's like, damn, 
black Twitter is so great, but damn, once you once you really get into the really deep comments, you see, whoa, there's a lot of races on these uh, <laughs> on these things that we think are funny. There's a lot of these no name, no face uh, profiles that are just flaming us, which sometimes I think is funny too. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I think. I do think that it's like kind of like the uh, Dave Chappelle effect where he was doing a um, he was doing a skit and yeah. everybody was laughing, but they were laughing at the wrong things. They right. were kind of laughing at him. Not with so him. I feel like, yeah, not with him, at him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where things just get a little kind of, uh, I don't know, gray. Yeah. Like a gray area kind of. Yeah. I also have to like think to what degree sometimes are the jo- like what's the difference between just pure ignorance and actual humor mm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. sure. like to some degree i hear that because i feel that way sometimes about certain things but at the same time i'm like okay with the internet you have so much free education on your hands and so as we progress as people we're leaving certain things behind that are outdated yeah and some people are digging their heels in they don't want to so like sometimes i think that the humor is over police but then sometimes i'm also feeling like these people are just saying ignorant things and passing it off as humor mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um I kind of, like what you were saying with that i kind of feel like that's like the false photo or the false sense the internet gives us these things aren't like dead. These things are still here. People still feel these ways. And then you you get on the internet and it's like, no, no, we, we all like each other. Everything mm-hmm. is cool. Everything. No, these people still feel this way. So I feel like sometimes the internet is just like a real capture of society, even though the parts that we wish and we really, really try to get rid of, they still going to peek their head out because they're still here. Just in my opinion. No, no, no. I think we're saying like similar, similar things. Um, Someone described, actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Never mind. He said we can be as black as (laughs) hell. I'm not trying to, they're not going to say I'm being ableist. But there was a tweet that was like, Twitter is like realizing that people who are on the regular bus also get thrown out on the kids that are supposed to be on the short bus. They said the same mm. thing about Facebook, you know. Uh, it feels like that's a horrible analogy, okay? But, <laughs> one thing but I it's true. Uh, if y'all don't mind, like I feel like this is a perfect time for me to like mm-hmm. hop in on this conversation right here. But something that I feel about like oh, like the culture, the people, right? We're here, but there's all these other things, these other layers of identity that get mislooked or discounted mm. or like literally run ran over when it comes to our own people and i feel that way like as a non-binary person right Mm -hmm. like we've seen it all throughout our culture about like the the homophobia and stuff in our black we cannot talk about that right like that's a thing that happens there's so much uh queer phobia and stuff in there and i think about those memes and i see them and they've been fed to us our entire lives and our content and our movies forever and it's like I see that in black Twitter. I'm like, well, that's funny, but it's also, it's really harmful. So like, how do we repair that as a people? Like it's a meme, it's relatability. Like we mm-hmm. understand it, but it's hurting us. Yeah, I, I really agree. And for years as somebody like we all said, who was on Twitter for since its inception, I felt like for years it was even hard. Like I was scared to tweet, like, because it was not, safe for black women on twitter like we were the brunt of almost every joke Mm. for a long stretch of the time on twitter it wasn't until people wanted to start seeing us wearing yellow slabbed in body oil all of a sudden in like 2016 i think this is like part of the beyonce effect Mm. when all of a sudden people started liking dark-skinned people again that it was like acceptable for like black women to be on twitter i don't know how else to explain it like my i love twitter i've always loved twitter but like the place where i felt like i could talk and express myself was tumblr and now that tumblr is gone we've all come off tumblr we're on twitter and that's how we're having i grieve tumblr like real bad miss tumblr real bad (laughs) how many people i've met that i'm now twitter friends with from tumblr that are dark-skinned black femmes like it changed my life yeah, like I think 
a shift in the social culture. Like being black has been cool for so long now that I think we're starting to forget the time, that middle time where it wasn't so cool to be black, mm. you know? Um, like you can, I don't know. I feel like you can say the N word around your white friends now and they don't flinch. But if you did that in like 2006 to like maybe 2014 ish, it was like a, but like now that we run the slang, you run the music, we run everything. It's become a little bit more normalized. We're the blueprint. Exactly. And because they realize and accept that we're the blueprint. Yes. And because most of the funny tweets that I feel like are viral on Twitter are coming from black people. And like, I don't know because everybody's Twitter algorithm is a little, little different, but like a lot of the influencers are black girls. Mm-hmm. Like the makeup girlies. I remember on YouTube, like back in the day, like Jackie, Ina and a few of the other girls were fighting for their lives. Like, um, Quinn was saying earlier against that algorithm, but now I feel like you start to see Jackie Arna's little sister, Falake, and a few of the other girls, like every other tweet I'm scrolling, it's them. Or maybe also again, because I'm queer, my algorithm's probably a little queer too. Mm. Um, Raymonte, I love Raymonte. Raymonte's fucking hilarious. And then who's the other one? Keon. You know what I'm saying? So like, we were people, a demographic that had to be real quiet on the internet before, especially black Twitter. I love black people. I am a black people, but the homophobia is rampant in the community. Can and I say one silenced thing? a lot of people. Go ahead, Quinn. If, if I'm allowed to, Marcus. Go ahead. Okay. So with this whole conversation, can we talk about the color purple and how that's a queer story? The book yes. is about queer women. The original movie is about the musical. All of it is about a queer black femme and then people try to erase that part of it and right. it's like so weird like it's so weird but yeah anyway, that's it, and right? you don't have too many black like lesbian stories did you you watched it let's stay on the let's stay on the color purple because i just watched it on, on christmas so i know it. i've seen it on christmas i did the blackest me. thing ever i went to see I it am. on christmas <laughs> i didn't the see the new one twitter all right i would say yeah. the new one it doesn't it doesn't leave out the queerness. Excuse me if I say the wrong thing. If I say the wrong thing, please like uh, correct me. But um, it didn't keep in the. It didn't have the like visual of the queerness because I think in the movie it gets really deep into it. I think the first movie. I mean the book. They get really deep into it. The first book. I think they kiss and they like take a shower together or something. This one they like kiss in the movies. So they don't really show that. I feel like this one, they tried to like uh, take away the hurt and the pain from this one. Because mm-hmm. like in this one, um, the dude that was beating her at the end, he's like dancing and singing with her in like shiny pants and stuff like that. It's okay. It's an okay movie. I feel like it's for our aunties. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, mean, I did I did hear that this version was like a lot kinder than the original. Yeah. Really? For aunties, it's for the church people. It's for like everything is okay. Her kids came back. It's okay. We're dancing and joking at the end. Like, hey. Mm. I did I, personally I like the first one because I like the pain. Yeah. I want to see the realness in it. But um it's um it's crazy to see things from y'all perspective because I don't know I do sometimes feel like blackness or black Twitter or blackness whatever is like it's pushed as a monolith but there's so many different parts and sometimes I don't get to really see all the parts just because of who my friends are Mm. and my algorithm in real life and on internet is but uh, I like seeing how Y'all taking things. I like seeing how Quinn. So special, dude. You looked at it as like, yo, this is a femme movie. Like, I don't know. I was like, oh, wait. It really is. It's like, we created this space and culture and all these things, right? And feed and like inspire others, but we're not allowed to, or like, it's it's seemingly, I'm not saying we're not, uh, not allowed to express our ways, ourselves that way. Or like talk about it loudly like it's just like this extra level of like hatred and the meme and like the jokes and the black twitter like makes it feel a little bit more seen i think that's probably why us as like black people are like the funniest people in the world like let's not even be like 
Facts. That's real. how we well, got through everything. Like, yeah, that's why we're here. It's yeah. like a laugh at our pain type good thing. Good grief. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's Hi, can that, I that good, that good grief. Yeah, go ahead. To wrap the color purple and black Twitter together and just like that story, I remember like finding out that Spike Lee and um, Al Sharpton had, you know, protested the first movie because they felt it shed a bad light on black men, right? Mm. And I feel like that's a common theme because The Color Purple is the story of how many of our grandmas, one way or the other, yeah, or aunties or somebody, or they had something similar. It's just real life. Like yeah. that's really what was happening. Whether you like it, it's beautiful. It paints whoever in a good light or not. It's reality. And then when you get on Twitter and you see something, have, or you hear about stuff like what happened with Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanez mm. or Cassie or however many other black women that were victims to black men. Yeah. Even Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Everybody always wants to throw the black woman's story in the trash or her part of the, you know, in the trash and go straight to, you know, in a way being like, well, that's a good black man. So you have to protect him. But my thing is, what about black women? Where is that agency? Yeah. You're not, you're not really getting it. And it's the same for people who are black people who are queer, who are like outwardly queer. Like you look at me, you maybe the nose rings, I don't know. Maybe that's giving it away. But like, I have a boyfriend. So people don't readily look at me and be like, oh, she's queer. Mm -hmm. Black people who can't hide how they're queer and bad things happen to them, especially if it's, perpetrated by like a heterosexual cisgendered black person just their story gets tossed to the side mm. and like my mom was telling me she was watching a movie about like a black queer man who marched with like martin luther king jr and john lewis Baynard rustin yeah they wouldn't let him like do something because yeah. he was queer yeah you got to stay to the back even with feminist movements and even with the black panthers it's like the men first then the women, then the queer people behind that. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, black. So, you I mean, you a big part of black culture, whether we like it or not, is the church. I think black Twitter was the churches in slavery. <laughs> like mm. That's where they got together and described things and, and made fun of things and, and made songs and dances. So I think that's why that's a little part of why we kind of go like that the men at the front in my opinion and i guess i'll just say like going into my own family history we just had to have a certain amount of grace for the black men be mm. just because the black person as a whole was treated so bad just in society and public that not saying it was right it was wrong he's gonna go he went home and then he treated his his wife bad. And I think that it's not right, but it's just, I think it's something that we learned in our history, or I guess it's trauma that was passed down that um, to just give people this, I guess, false sense of grace, I guess in your opinion, it would be false grace. But I just think that black men are so targeted and just not given a chance. And it's so hard for someone to press through that when we do get someone up there they mean so much to all of us that mm. sometimes it's on the back of one woman to like hold it down i'm not i don't think it's right Loretta? i don't think that's right but i think that's just what happens where it's like you think of like coretta scott um damn i'm going i'm getting real deep but <laughs> coretta scott that's when right. they um they came to her about yo your husband, he was cheating all this and that, da da da. And she was like, "All right, so what?" And he did this and that, da 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 da. In today's society, she would look stupid. Like, yo, you gonna hold him down through all of that? She would have been on That's... Black Twitter. Yeah, we would have been flaming her. We would have been flaming her. Memes and everything. I hope really? she get her licks back. 
<laughs> All right. Oh right. So, um, uh, so, um, uh, all right, all right, all right. If she gets her lick back, then how many school names do we get? Do we lose that holiday? I don't know if that means that much to y'all, but we might lose a great black man. I'm just, I'm just putting I'm an example out there. That. I'm not denying don't kill me. that. I, I uh. was just making a joke. I think, like, oh, okay. so I just, I'll be, I'll be wanting your opinion. My bad. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I just gonna say, like, back to that whole thing of us not our people. We weren't allowed to be looked at as human. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. Like these, like, we didn't have that opportunity. Our ancestors, none of that. And then the people who were like leading everything, the leaders of our communities had this immense amount of stress on them, which is literally the immense amount of stress that all of us have and never have dealt with in certain ways. Mm. Or learned how has, to Exactly. So it's like that the, for the greater good sort of thing of mm. like holding on to like these bad things that we've learned from like, well, we've seen our memes and stuff. It's like grief. It's grief. <laughs> with no direction mm. and, and i think he's put also... it into good grief and humor and black twitter and these things to just help us try as individuals to just be better yeah. without repeating yeah. the cycles right mm. i think I when people start <laughs> saying like that kind of behavior is white supremacy and people are like what are you talking about and i'm like no like it is because as jared said you are getting publicly embarrassed all day, right? Mm. Like as a black man, you be then you come home and you have all this anger. It gets taken out on your wife, okay? You go to church and whether we like it or not, and I'm going to have a few church aunties mad at me, too bad. Um, a lot of the stuff that's in the black church is reminiscent of white supremacy. Come on. Okay. True. So those ideas that are getting the homophobia and whatever and whatever that's getting pressed into you, reminisce, those are remnants of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. So when you're going and you're being homophobic towards queer black people and you're being a misogynist towards black women, you are perpetuating white supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. True. And and um, um to, to, to to get this um, um to get this back on our 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 black twitter because i i mean this this conversation is 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 fantastic i hate that there's only 5 minutes left uh and and, and um and i want to i want to get uh get get back to um back to black twitter um uh so uh so how has uh black twitter um responded to and shaped the discussion around um police brutality and systematic racism Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. It's been very confusing when it comes to that because I guess of lately, the last, at least the last big one that I seen, it was a group of black dudes that did it. So it made the internet kind of reverse uproar. Like, oh, you guys are doing it to yourselves and then mm. all of that. So I, I guess, um, of recent, it's been a little a little confusing with just how things are. Mm -hmm. But uh, when it first started, I mean, without the internet, I don't know if the whole movement even happens. I mean, mm -hmm. it started from a video of somebody, uh, multiple videos. I mean, back, what was that? Maybe 2019, 20, no, man, 2015, 2014. It was like maybe every week we were seeing somebody a cop chasing some dude, shooting yeah. him in the back or um, just all of those type of things. So I guess it really like kicked off um, other people in society. They couldn't run from it. Mm. Cause I remember being in um, groups like this and telling people how like, Hey, the, now the cops follow us around no matter what. Like I, I had the cops pull us over all the time just because we were young and because we live in a, drug uh, uh space where a place Man. where high drug trafficking happens and we're getting pulled up over time and other people from other races laughed at me and didn't think that it was uh, oh, you're just joking ah, it's, it's that's funny ha 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 until now they're seeing it they, they can't run from it they can't hide from it so it really i think popped things off but 
of recent, I don't know if it's really been making the same uh, impact that it was earlier. Yeah, I, I know. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, please. I kind of look at it like the maybe not the same to the same power or extent, but like the Arab Spring in Africa was propelled forward by uh, Facebook. Mm. You know, they were making Facebook groups come here and there and there and whenever at this time we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. I kind of feel like it's something similar like that for black people on Twitter, because now there's a lot of accountability. You know, we're mad at people because they whip out their phones right now and they don't do anything. But in 2015, 2015 or 2014, 2015, 2016, that was helpful, yeah. you know, to put yeah. that on Twitter where you're like, this is what I'm seeing. Like, you, because they can't refute that. You have that on camera. Yeah. Um, right. And then because so much we're talking about it, we're talking about it, we're talking about it. You're under celebrities, you know, threads saying, like, what do you think about this? Da, 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 da. And that's how some of them are even, you know, finding out. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was James Harden posted like with a shirt or like a hat that was like the thin blue line and everybody was like why why do you have that on and they were like oh he didn't know what like he just thought it looked cool he didn't know, oh, <laughs> you wow. know he didn't know what it was <laughs> right. a lot he of to fire his team fire uh, yeah him. yeah I, know, I, know. <laughs> I think or they need to stop letting him dress himself i think twitter like kind of does like it people will say something or they'll be like well, this is my opinion. And people are like, no, no, no. Here are the facts. And here's here's the tea. Mm. Here's the car facts about it. You know what I'm saying? I think that's been a big thing for the police brutality and also holding each other accountable. Because, you know, when you sometimes just talk amongst like the same five people, you're just throwing the same ideas back and forth between each other. But when you're on Twitter and it's open to a bigger space, you can have somebody counter your argument in a way that you never thought about. And it makes you think like, huh, that's a fair point. Because even if it was like what Jared was saying about these black, okay, now it's black cops. So what, what, how do we pivot from here? And it's kind of like, okay, you have the person next to you who points out, well, if the whole structure of how policing is done is based in white supremacy, then it doesn't matter who is the police officer or what they look like mm. because the structure in itself is corrupt. Whereas if you were just sometimes with your homies, you're not going to think it like that. I yeah. think about it like that. Right. So I think that Black Twitter does a really good job of people throwing all these things back to each other. It might be chaotic, but if you can piece through it, you know, there's good stuff in there. Uh -huh. mm. So then, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Quinn, 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 go ahead, please. I was going to like uh, agree with like what Jared said too about uh, no one like this ultimate gaslighting, right? For how long these things happen to us, mm. and you talk about it. We've it's not like we've never stopped talking about the injustices right. that happened to us, but Black Twitter really did put that to the forefront. And when it started trending, and I want to say like in 2019, 2020, when everybody was stuck in their house and on their phone, then suddenly it's like, okay, let's really do this, right? let's really look at these things and having these existential crises or whatever. Uh, but the whole idea of like that people didn't believe it, like, oh, I got stopped when I was a kid or I did this or I'm targeted. But when it comes to police officers who are of uh, black or brown colors, black people, right? Uh, that internalized racism there too that exists mm. with like... Um, I'm going to be the good one. I'm going yeah. to be the pick me. I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not like my my colleagues, my friend, my cousins, my brothers. I'm going to be different because that's all I have to do is be better. Mm. Like, that's literally white supremacy. And it, it happens amongst black men in our community all the time. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, me and me and my friends, uh, uh, we call that um, the golden black man. Um, and <laughs> a, 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 except that we don't use the word black man. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, to to our to our um, uh, final question, um, uh, Jared, we'll begin with you. Then we'll go to Hadassah and then uh, Quinn, you can take us home um, on this uh, black Twitter in the next five to ten years. Is it still here and is it still impactful? Yes, heavily. And I think it's just like 
it's getting streamlined into TV platforms. I feel like mm. Zeus is Black Twitter. Zeus was powered by Black Twitter. There is no Zeus. There is no... Um, I see these uh, celebrity boxing matches. Mm-hmm. Those are Black Twitter, Black uh, influencer-powered heavily. So I feel like... I don't know about politically or the ways that it was moving in the last decade, but mm-hmm. in this next five years, I think that Black Twitter is going to get even stronger because mm. I see, like I was saying earlier, I'm seeing people, I see them on Black Twitter, boom, I see them on TV, or yeah. I see uh, Black Twitter really highlight something, boom, next thing y'all know, it's on um ESPN for like even an example, there's a a, a football recruit and his last name is like Kaniga. <laughs> yeah. And Black Twitter, Black Twitter was going crazy off of Kaniga. Y'all Kaniga is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's all awesome, That's a fast Kaniga. And then boom, next thing I know, I'm ESPN. Um, their uh, colleague RG3 is um interviewing him, and it's it's going to be up on. Summon something on their platform. So I think Black Twitter is just powering more of the media. And hopefully uh, we get our just due and we get the money that we deserve and the power we deserve through. Mm. All right. Hadassah. I kind of agree with Jared where I think it's going to become more commercialized. Mm. But I'm also scared that we're going to get like kind of pushed back under. And like, hear me out, okay? Mm-hmm. The Kardashians have taken out their butt implants and they're dating white men again. That means, <laughs> okay? That means that we as black people, because you know they gotta be ahead of the curve. That means we might be falling out of favor. All right? I don't want, I don't want that to happen. But like, so much, you know, so much is happening these days where I'm a little scared. Like, it's starting to feel like 1920 again outside. All right? Yes. And hopefully. The internet would be like our mainstay. Like we would still be able to have some little bit of it, but like Elon Musk used to be for the people, and now he mm. is a sellout. So as long as he controls X and we continue to piss him off, I feel like he's going to find a way to push us out. Mm. Oh man, Hadassah, I will say this. I did not have the uh, Kardashians catching strays uh on on this as as well. <laughs> All right. So um uh Quinn, if you can um take us home, Black Twitter in the next five to ten years, is it still here? Is it still impactful? Um, it's still here, but I agree that it's going to be a little bit more commercialized. Mm. Um, if it isn't already, I think they're just going to be like just AI bots. <laughs> Man, wow. Like, you know, like the no follower accounts just like creating the hot top memes. They're pulling from all the algorithm of us. If they're not already doing that already. I mean, society has already done that to us in the past. Yeah. Uh, culturally, uh, on and off Twitter. Um, but that's just how I feel. Mm. I feel like the best we can do is like just keep being doing us, and it sucks to say that. Like, I feel like that's like a really weird reflection, but I don't know. We can't stop. Mm. I don't think there's failure or stopping in our genes at all. Uh, right. but yeah, it'll be here. I don't know if we'll be in control of it though. Mm. Mm, all right. All right. Well, we are going to put a pin in it right there. I want to thank our guests for joining us on The Melanin Report. I say this after uh, um, almost uh, almost every um, panel discussion, uh, but I really, really mean it uh, for for this. Not that I didn't mean it then, but um, I'm saying this with my whole chest that uh, I got to bring you all back for uh, season two. Um, be, because I, I I feel like we only scratched the surface um, uh, uh, of this. This this might become a thing where we get together and and, and talk um, and, and talk black Twitter, um, uh, black black social media because that's that's a whole other thing. Um, because you all talked about the content creators, you know we can um, discuss TikTok, um, folks like yourself, Quinn, um, on Twitch. Hey. 
and whatnot. Um, so, so I mean, there, there's just, there's just so, so, so much uh, that we can get to uh, before. I uh, close it out. Uh, Jared, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Quinn. Then uh, then then Hadassah can end it. Uh, any any final words? Um, Instagram handles, TikTok. How can people um, contact you for the good of the show? What you got? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I really appreciated this. This was a great great time, man. I really liked all the opinions. Um, hopefully, we can do this again. This, mm-hmm. I feel like this touched all parts of uh, Black Twitter. But uh, anybody can get me on Instagram at Big Homie Black seven one seven, and on Twitter J Black seven one seven. All right, Quinn. Um, yeah, this was like really awesome. It was like really nice to meet y'all and have a conversation. Like I felt really seen and heard, and y'all are amazing. And I can't <laughs> wait to continue this conversation and talk about other things. But I'm control alt Quinn, like control alt delete, but Quinn with one N on everything, everywhere. The branding is the shoes, everything match, suit, got my church hat, everything uh-uh. is ready to go. Oh, hey. love it, love it. And Hadassah? Um, I feel like people don't need to find me, but everybody <laughs> else gave their handle out. I will give my professional handle, which is Hadula Abungata, okay? H-A-D-O-U-L-A underscore O-B-L-O-N-G. You really don't want people to find you. (laughs) Don't need to. Oh, my God. I'm annoying on the Internet. (laughs) Well, uh, well, well, this has been uh, both um, insightful and delightful. Again, I want to thank this panel for joining me on the Melanin Report. Uh, And before we head on out, need to remind you that we are heading towards the end of season one. Friend, this has been a great time. We have discovered, we have uncovered, and we have discussed so much about uh, melanated folks, melanated news, and melanated situations. This has been a gift, and I can't wait for season two. So, until then, I am Marquise Lupton. This is The Melanin Report. Trust your dopeness, and I'll see you on the other side. Now enjoy these tunes from our regional artists. Peace. What is the cost? I'm planning on buying it all. It really don't matter the cost. I'm killing them all. I'm living a feeling that's really gonna put me ahead of them all. I'm killing them all. I said it. I meant it. The minute I did it, I went and repented. I'm bringing it. Get it. I'm hoping you feel it. I'm really been feeling the sky is the limit. And I've been thinking about a plan to get the glory with a little bit of passion and a whole lot of balls. I've been on my grind like 24 9. If you look up at the sky, it's like I'm just trying to ball. They can't stop the realest back. This that motion picture action pack. I done came and went through hell and back. And I so now we're back, I can't stop, now I can't quit yeah. I can't stop, now I can't quit uh, I can't stop, now I can't quit Yeah, I've been doing this stupid uh, And now we thinking about the next hit yeah. We've been working on the next hit uh, Get ready for the next hit yeah. I can't stop, man, I can't quit uh. Alright, somebody call Bruce Wayne They think that I'm a joker in this new game I'm about to finish you, I hit him like Mixing and matching ingredients with obedience, tedious complications when making this rap tongue twister. I think I'm done with ya. Not like I lied. Digging up this grave as we speak, the times arrive. Sing amazing grace, make peace. It's time to die as the chorus sings in the back. Lord, let it shine. So meet your maker and pray you don't see me later. I'm not an instigator, but I will incinerate ya. Smoke till I see the vapor, vaporize the evidence. It's evident my punchlines pulverize before I break ya. Hold up, I'm feeling very sound as a base of.
man, I can't quit. 